0: New York, big city of dreams I'm coming, coming, coming straight
1: out New York, New York, big city of dreams NYC. What's good, everyone? This is Ryan G. from the Nick of Time show where we give you that Knicks talk just in the Nick of Time. It was not a good MLK day for the Knicks. The Knicks lost to the Orlando Magic 98-94. The Knicks shot terrible from the field, only 40% from the field, 32% from three. Knicks missed a lot of crucial free throws, only 15 or 22 from the line. The Knicks were out-rebounded by the Magic. As you know, the Knicks are a rebounding team, so that rarely happens. 46-41, to 41. and they were dominated in the paint. Magic 52 to the Knicks 36. And it was just overall bad loss for the Knicks. They had a lead going into the fourth quarter with six minutes left and could not hold the lead due to poor fourth-quarter execution. Um, Just to throw a few player stats out there for you. McBride led the way, 20 points, two rebounds, one assist, which coming from your point guard is not very good, especially the assist number. And Anobi had 17 points, four assists. Julius Randle, it seemed like he was favoring his ankle. And he looked like he was playing hurt, but, but regardless, a bad game, 5 of 18 from the field, 15 points, six rebounds, five assists. And the Magic bench outscored the Knicks bench 49 to 20. Now we're going to get to the game. Who wants to start first and give their thoughts on the game? I don't know who to go to first. Leah, Ebony, who's feeling the spirit? Who's feeling the vibes?
2: Go ahead, Ebony. Uh, it
0: was it was ugly. It was it was pretty and then it was ugly. Well, it was never really pretty, to be honest. It, it was just, it was a struggle throughout the whole game. Um, but we kind of went super cold at the end of the fourth day. You know, Miles McBride did what he could, but even he cooled off a little bit at the end there. And and nobody else really joined the party to help on that end. You know, Julius really struggled today offensively, and uh, those two free – we kind of beat ourselves, too, with missing of those uh, free throws, the amount of free throws we missed. Um Orlando is not – uh Orlando is not a three-point shooting team, uh, known for their three-point shooting, and normally when you don't shoot three-pointers like that, we win. The Knicks win normally, but they, they started hitting their shots a little bit, at the end, their bench. I had mentioned in the pregame space about their bench because last time I was hyped to see IQ versus Cole Anthony. It was no, it's no IQ today. So I was, I was interested in seeing how our bench would, uh, would, uh, stack up against the Cole Anthony and their bench. And today they had Wendell Carter coming off that bench, and yeah, their their bench torched us today. They, they really, and and Orlando's coach stuck with what was their, what was working. So they also closed out with. Cole and um and Carter also, even though he's on minutes supposed to be on minutes restriction. So yeah, I uh I'm again uh this game shows the importance of our 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 closer and the importance of of, of Brunson and what he brings to this team because you see the difference even with the game that Miles McBride had just the the running of the team um. At the end was a little confusion, and again, Deuce did well. He's gonna grow. It's gonna take. I'm giving him grace. It's gonna. It's a, a, a adjustment period. He went from not seeing the floor to being a starter. So right now, when you think about that, that's that's a adjustment to make, and especially when it comes down to them clutch situations, and you've seen that it was a little bit uh, of him not being so sure when to shoot or or who who the, who that ball should hand, should be in the hands of. Right. Sorry, got tongue time.
2: Yeah. I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. I uh, saw on Twitter a lot of people are freaking out. Also, saw you, Sandman, in the chat saying that we're just going to make excuses for Tom Thibodeau and put all the blame on Josh Hart. Josh Hart does suck. I am inching closer and closer to being on the trade Hart trend be- just because of the four on five that he presents with that bench unit. I think if we were to bring in additional ball handler, which is paramount, again, Leon Rose, stay on the phone. They're Jordan Hartson, get him out from Brogdon. <clears throat> because as good as Medbride is, and I agree with Ebony, he does need more patience. He is coming around offensively. Even saw some Mitty pull up mid range, which I was like, oh, having that in summer lead. Uh, but he is not the backup point guard for this team at this time. We are on second round or further trajectory right now. And I don't see him being able to be the guy in the playoffs uh, back in up Brunson. We need a really solid, consistent 15 to 18 minutes game at that spot. I don't believe McBride can provide the playmaking that we need at that spot. He's given us the offensive production, but the playmaking is still stagnant, and that even hurts more with Josh Hart and Precious Achua playing alongside him, two guys who need to get their shot initiated and are not unable to, to score on their own. Um, yeah, Josh Hart, man. Uh, I think the defense is a little overstated. I love the 50-50 balls, love the offensive boards, love the energy, but the shot the inconsistent three-point shot, probably the worst shooter of a team by far. I would even take Precious Three Ball over him. Uh, it's atrocious, and that 18 million dollar contract. I can understand how it's still tradable. Alexander, I saw you say that. I agree. I think they gave him a little bit extra bump, so it could be used as salary filler for a bigger trade. But I think for what he gives you, it's an overpay. And looking forward to him being upgraded at, at his role and his position. Also, Deuce and Bride, love you, guy. Signed your three years. Plenty of time for you to be our backup point guard three years from now. Today is not the day. I think we need a better dude. I'm advocating for Jordan And Understand the inefficiencies there in the corner and three point shot. Malcolm Broad didn't as well. I just seen a dog who can go out there and get a bucket in crunch time, but Bride is not it. I also seen someone who can go out there and get someone else a bucket in crunch time, but Bride is not it. Go ahead,
0: can I can I, uh respectfully yeah, right disagree um oh, with the so. with, with the McBride thing um we 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 just saw him score 20 points granted they did miss they're missing some pieces but so are we a major major piece and again this guy just really walked off the bench to the start in lineup right now because he's supposed to be a backup now he's starting and he started against one of the b- better defenses in the league right and he scored 20 points in that league without the primary ball handler who takes so much pressure off of him in that backup position. So if yes, his his playmaking today in spots was, was, was iffy, but the game before that his playmaking was he did, he did well. So again, there's a, a growth pattern, a growth process, and it might be a little up and down right now, but that's what the season, this, as the season goes by, I guarantee you, you're going to see McBride get more comfortable in that, that backup position. I'm not saying he could ever, he's a starter right now. No, but in that backup role with the fact that we just need you to, to, to make the most out of your opportunities when you get it, meaning when you have an open shot, make that open shot. When you have your man in front of you, make sure he stays in front of you. So he impacts the game on both ends because, as you see, he doesn't quit on the plays at all. His hands are always active, and he plays great position defense. He even plays good defense on people that are taller than him. i see him on like irritating Bonchero a couple times also. So in a backup role, that could be very, very crucial. Not in a starting role right now. You get what I'm saying? But in that backup role, it could be all right. We do might we might need more help with the, the ball creation, but I really truly believe if we play like it was when OG had 14 points in the first quarter when it's cutting and moving, our team looks different. We look so much different. It looks easier. We don't then we don't know do we really need a ball, another ball creator or not? But once we start staying stagnant, and then it becomes a question, like, OG kind of disappeared in this game a little bit at the end towards me. I I, I want to say that, not disappear, I would like to see him insert himself more. Like, I know he's still learning to be accustomed, but to me, OG's more, more comfortable, free, free-flowing game came when he didn't know the offense. It, it, it looked more like he was fit more, you know, free-flowing, like, with the cut and the things of that nature. Um. I just I, I don't know I I don't like the one on one stagnant weight in your turn my turn and I seen a lot of that today that's never going to cut it y'all but as for Deuce I think he can do it in that that do it in the in that backup position because with him and I also him and I have good chemistry he moves well off the ball so if you do put another you if you do put another creator there he can definitely be next to him. I could definitely see him playing off ball, on ball, because he he moves okay off the ball too, and he's hitting his shots. So do I think he's a starter? No. But a backup, I definitely could think he can he can do that for us.
2: I think eventually he can. Definitely disagree he can do it right now. I, I Again, I'm very surprised and impressed by the scoring ability of Midbride, because last year he would come in, and he was really hesitant to even fire off a shot. This year he's firing it off, and he's hitting him especially from mm-hmm. a three-ball, which helps. But playing alongside Josh Hart, Precious Lachua, and Grimes, three guys who have a tendency to scale back and to hide in the shadows and not wanting to assert themselves on offense, you need someone out there who can get them wide open, good looks. And my bride, that's not the way he thinks, and that's not the way he plays. He, he's a store 1st guard and he's more comfortable in that mold or, or playing defense. And for that, I need a Clarkson. I need someone who's a playmaker, someone who can go out there and help guys in the lob, in the cuts, in the dribble handoffs. Things that just need to be running more of with that second unit. And McBride, one assist, that don't cut it. Love the storm uh, production. I need another guy out there to help everyone else out.
0: Yeah, I'm cool with getting some help on the bench. I'm um, never not cool with that. But it's the fact of, of these guys want to be on the bench. Like Jordan Clarkson would want to be because he's coming off the bench. He's used to that role. But other other targets that we are, that've been mentioned. Are they going to be cool with coming off that off the bench? Because to me, the starters weren't the starters weren't the, really the the issue. Except, you, like like they were, you know. Julius struggled, but you get what I'm saying. Dante did did what he did, you know. I heart I he got into foul trouble. He still was with the uh, he still rebounded at a high clip. Um, he defended even though they got the best of him a lot today. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was – I think it was uh, the, the starters that were positive and halftime, and it was like the whole bench was negative, and the negative plus minus.
2: And our bench used to be our secret weapon. Last year, in the beginning of this year, we would unleash IQ in the boys, and they would come out there and just go on one two-man transition game. You're not seeing that as much because Miles McBride thrives in a half-court game, much less so than he does in transition. I need – the two guys I've been mentioning, that's why I'm not mentioning guys who wouldn't be comfortable off the bench. It's Jordan Carson and Malcolm Brogdon, two sits of man-of-a-year award winners. Yes, too should have beat Malcolm Brogdon. I agree, but they still won the award, and they're two guys who in the last couple of years have been comfortable being that sits man, that, that that first guard off the bench. And I think both of them would boost Precious Hart and Grimes even more, which to me is more important than even the scoring production at that position. I need them to get those other guys involved, especially Quentin Grimes, who's really been very disappointing since a trade and asserting himself on offense. He's still playing pretty good defense. And I like the way he's moving off ball, but I'm not seeing the assertiveness when the ball is in his hands, get to the basket. I need guys who are gonna help these dudes in those opportunities. McBride is not it this year, maybe two years from now.
1: Yeah, I do want to interject.
2: Um, yes, yeah, Ryan. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm in debate. My bad. <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's good. No, I think I think the the
1: healthy debate was was really you know it's really good for the show. You know, two differing um opinions about McBride's play and things of that nature. So I just wanted like pretty much. I guess it kind of smooth over what everybody's saying at the moment. So I think with McBride, it's going to depend on what the Knicks front office thinks because <clears throat> clearly they have faith in McBride to give him a contract, whether you, whether you think that the reason why they gave him a contract is to either trade the contract in the future for a star player that they need or they actually want to develop him further and see if he could be that backup point guard. So with the, Knicks, with the Knicks, it's going to depend on what the front office thinks. Like, Does the front office want to be patient and give McBride that time to actually develop into that backup point guard role in the future? And if they take that approach, what that's saying is that the front office thinks that the Knicks are, are not able to win the championship this year. So they're going to give McBride time to actually see if he can grow into that role and be more of a facilitator with that second unit. But if the Knicks do think that this is the year that they can actually challenge for the title, then I think is essential that the Knicks do bring in a guy like a Clarkson, Brogdon, et cetera, somebody who can play with that second unit and be more facilitated because here's the issue with the second unit. Like I think what Lee said, the second unit has a bunch of guys where they cannot create their own shot. Like Achua can't create his own shot. Grimes cannot create his own shot. Hart cannot create his own shot. So you need somebody out there that's going to actually help them to get easy buckets. And I don't think McBride is there at the moment. He can score for himself. He can create shots for himself. But when it comes to creating shots for others, that's the struggle right there. I think if one of those guys were able to actually create for themselves it would be different, but since they can, you need somebody out there that can actually create and actually give them opportunities to score the ball. Like, for example, today with McBride, especially with these guys playing, like guys like Hart and those guys, they need to they need transition. That's where they thrive. And McBride doesn't do well with, you know, pushing the pace and creating transition buckets for others. So now you have a guy like Josh Hart, which people are thrashing on at the moment, playing in the half court, and he's not effective in the half court. You know, and it's like if you're going to have a guy like that on the court, if you want him to be as effective as he is, you have to push pace. You know, and then if you're not pushing pace and you have these guys playing in the half court, then you have a guy that's not facilitating the rock the way he should and getting guys easy buckets, that makes the office look like ass. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it depends on what the Knicks front office thinks of the team at the moment, but I think the Knicks should definitely go after facilitator with that second unit. That's going to definitely – put them a notch up to compete for possibly Eastern Conference finals appearance or even finals appearance, depending on who they get.
0: It's funny. Yeah. I was saying about uh, Grimes cause right before I, uh, I was about to say before he started talking on Ryan about how he had one of the moves that I, 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 I liked. It was a little move to show that he can do a little shot creation. Um, when he when he got it, I think I don't think Grimes missed many shots, maybe one or two, right? Um, but he did like a little step back in the corner for the mid range to create some space, and it was smooth, and it was very he wasn't he didn't think about it like it was one two three really a quick move, very really quick and decisive. So I don't know what Grimes is very up and down, but I guess that's expected to be with the, a a young player. Um, whether they use in, the, in another piece or another trade, we shall see.
2: Uh, yeah i I don't put this blame on brunson being out i don't put this blame even on the bench even though i have many regrets to josh hart right now as my least favorite nick uh at the moment this loss is on tibbs playing josh hart too damn much this loss is on tibbs for another game with 12 minutes and malachi flynn and he gave me some solid minutes why not see more of a kid when deuce was having trouble getting guys involved i like malachi's more downhill approach to the game he likes to run in transition let's see what he's got that's that L is on Tibbs and again playing Joyous Randall way too many damn minutes when Randall obviously doesn't have it or he's injured or both and over relying on him is to me the worst of Tibbs it's that inability to be as Ebony says be creative freestyle Tibbs has none of that this L to me is on half on Randall half on Tibbs I might actually dip a little more Randall because he played with absolute ass tonight and I'm I have been a part of the of Randall Hive as of late, uh, and I still have to call him out when he has a bad game, especially the effort, man. The effort uh, under the basket in, when when uh, opposing teams in transition he's the only guy over there, he just doesn't give a damn. He don't even try. It's like, block the shot? Yeah, right. He's just like, it's just people watching. Uh, Ebony says it a lot. And this is my guy. I'm trying to defend him, but sometimes he makes it very, very difficult just because of the I-don't-give-a-shit attitude. And that type of attitude is what gets under the, fan, the stand of the fans, like me. Like I'm not even born and bred in New York. I'm, I'm first-generation Texan, and I watch that shit. And I, somehow the mindset of the New York Knit fan base, I had that same thing as I watched it. I did fucking disgusted. It's like, dude, you're the best player on the team. You have that all-NBA pedigree to you, most improved, but I never see on the defensive end. Why can't I see consistency? So to me, two L's, one storyline on, on the forehead of Tom Thibodeau, the other on Julius Randle. We did not lose this game because Brunson was out. We definitely could have won this game, definitely could have won the Dallas game too. But because bad rotation decisions by Tibbs and bad effort on the defensive end and inefficiency on Randle, we lost.
0: You sure? Oh, so I shouldn't bring, bring this out? We don't miss the captain? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's not the reason we lost. We certainly we, miss him. We, we don't still. miss the
0: captain. I had it on deck. See, looked deuce in the boat though
2: because he held it down today. Deuces in the boat too. And you made Josh Hart walk the plank on that boat? Oh yeah, Josh about to. And I like Josh. You know
0: I'm a Josh fan. You know I like Josh Hart, but like I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, and like I said, uh, I would be okay with uh, less minutes if it's not working. I don't care who it is. If you're not working during the game, you can have a seat in my book. Y'all know that. Remember the, from the beginning of the season, we had the. the to talk about Jalen Brunson. I was like, maybe he shouldn't been in the game just then. <laughs>
2: like,
0: <laughs> that's, that's me. Um if you're not if you don't have it, you don't have it. that's okay. Um don't force it and, and, and hinder your team. That's that's what I was taught. Uh if you don't have it, don't do anything to, to, to make it harder for your team and your teammates. So um, I, I don't <laughs> I don't know. That man, he watches a lot. He does. Um, a lot of offensive rebounds are, are got by the other team because uh, Julius is is watching and I don't know what he's thinking about when he's doing it. I don't even think it's effort. He might just really just be spacey sometimes. Some people check out, lose focus, but... um. Think somebody else have it, you know? Oh, they got it. Oh, no, they don't got it. <laughs> One <laughs> of those. Or the, the, the lucky bounce, and you don't think it's coming your way, and it does. I don't know, but he watches a lot. If he's not involved, he's he's watching. So I, I hope that doesn't continue.
2: I got another criticism, of Randall. A lot of his defensive rebounds are not because of effort it's because he just happens to be in the right place or instead of playing defense, he hunts for the rebound, the angle in which it's going to come off the rim. And that to me is another indictment of his effort on both offensive and defensive end.
0: When, sorry, Ryan. When Mitch, when Mitch uh, was, was in playing, I used to say that uh, a lot of his rebounds he gave to, to um, Randu cause he would just block out and allow Randu to get, get the ball, you know? Yeah. So, so like I can see, I can definitely see that.
2: Oh. Hardenstein's not doing that. Hardenstein's doing that. Nah, beautiful. he's
0: like, you, I'm getting my board. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to get paid <laughs> Mitch, you got, you got your money. Give me my rebound.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and speaking on Julius Randle, um, it did seem like he did get hurt. Er- he did get hurt, hurt early in the game when he um went up for a rebound, I think, and stepped on Wendell Carter's and twisted his ankle, it did seem like he was favoring his ankle in this game. And here's the thing, because I agree with Lee's take with, you know, half the blame should be on Thibs, half the blame should be on Randall. But also I kind of feel for Thibs as well because just for the simple fact that the Knicks don't have that secondary facilitator, which, which is what, you know, we've been talking about. The like, Knicks need that second guy that can actually run an offense and facilitate. So when you don't have a Jalen Brunson – in the game, who's your main facilitator and can set up, you know, other guys for easy shots uh, as well as get his own shots, that forces Thibs to be like, okay, you know what? I have to put the ball in Randall's hand because behind Jalen Brunson, who else on the team is going to really facilitate and get other guys involved? It has to be Randall. So with Randall being hurt, Thibs can't really afford to keep him on the bench that long because, of the simple fact that he doesn't have another facilitator on the court, so in that case, I think Thibs is forced to play Randall more minutes than he should have played, just for that for just for that simple fact, which is why we emphasize we need another facilitator in because when you have Julius Randle as the first option as a facilitator, oftentimes it's not going to go well. It's just not. So Thibs was in a, I think Thibs is in a tight spot. Just for the simple fact that he didn't have Jalen Brunson and he, and he have to put the ball more in Julius Randle's hands. But at the same time, it's like if Julius Randle don't have it, you know, he don't have it. You know, you have to bend. You have to, you know, put him on the bench a bit, and especially if he actually injured, injured his ankle. You have to give him a bit more rest.
0: That's definitely that's uh what I would say. we Like Lee mentioned about the freestyling, like I always say, because. If if it's a game, it's a long season. I get you want this game, but you have to look at the season in the whole. You have to sometimes sacrifice for the season in the, in the whole. You get what I'm saying? So if, if if he doesn't have it and he's not contributing much, why uh, jeopardize or, or, or chance more injury? Kind of like, cause, and not learn from prior mistake because didn't Mitch play after he injured himself and, and, and ended up needing, you know, a surgery? So, so like sometimes you have to, to to just say, okay, this one, this game, you got to sit out. I'm sorry, you have to have to sit out. I know you want to go, but it's not working right now. Like you're not bringing much to the to the table. You understand? So I took so for me to have to jeopardize you injuring yourself when I really need you. So that that's my whole thing with tips. Like sometimes it's okay to to wave this little thing right here. Sometimes it's okay to do like this. This situation. And a yeah. board mission, you know, just wave that white flag, you know. Um, you you gotta, it's okay, like to to try other things. That's what when I mentioned about freestyling, other coaches that do it, that's why they they get places. You gotta sometimes go to option B, C, D, whatever works to get that W. I get it. And if 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 the W at the end, the the ones that that count. So yes, we wanted this game, but I think uh, we should have just gave. You know, Brunson was already at rest. You should have maybe said, okay, Randall, you you it's not today's not your game. You get some more rest, you know? That that's that's my my plight with it. Um, uh, maybe it, it, it would have been some a chew some Sims minutes or whatever, but <laughs> we would have struggled through it, but it's this one game instead of a possibility of weeks if he hurts himself.
2: Fritz asked a great question in the chat, and I wanted to extend it to the panel. Do yeah. you think that Leon Rose Oh, actually, I'm going to change it up. Do you want Leon Rose to either trade for a DeJounte Murray star or for a backup point guard like Brogdon or Clarkson? You know where I am. I'm Team Clarkson. Yes, indeed.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm for DeJounte Murray. I'm for Clarkson. I'm for Brogdon. it got to be somebody that can run off. offense.
2: But the question is, which one do you, do you want more? Do you want the backup playmaker or do you want a star like DeJounte in the, in the starting unit? I'm for the backup playmaker. Yeah. For me... I'm either way,
1: but I'm, not, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Like my number one target is Dejounte Murray, so I yeah. guess for me it's a starter, But for me it's either way.
0: Um, I got yeah, I know my saying about put the Legos down. Uh, and both like Clarkson and um, rather not this so much this year, but history prior history. And uh, Clarkson this year have been battling injuries. So, we, we, you know, we see what the injuries are uh, looking like now and how, how it changes our team. If we give up, how we're going to have to give up multiple pieces probably for for like a Clarkson, maybe not so much Brogdon, but Clarkson, we probably have to give up somebody else besides the Fournier and some picks, right?
2: Maybe Grimes.
0: Yeah, so maybe Grimes. So then we shorten our bench rotation up again, and he injures himself. Now we're down with no Grimes or no Clarkson. What does that look like? So that's that I don't that's why I don't like put my my eggs all in, in one basket if you don't necessarily just have to you know um so I would probably just say I would take Brogdon just to get rid of Fournier and like a, a pick or so and then you you have that you have more creation you have somebody that that can play on or off ball too a decent defender can be a spark plug but again the question is the his injury history so I I don't know I'm real confused. I'm just I'm just gonna sit back and let the front office do their job.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, it's a very difficult conversation. I kind of change what, on my mind sometimes every day, multiple times a day. I'm like cause sometimes yes. I'm like, damn, we need DeJounte. I'll think about it. I'm like, we need 20 points per game It's that third option. And then other times I'm like, I don't want to trade all my 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 picks kind of want to maintain that for a future leverage and maybe just go after a Clarkson. But then I'm like, damn, Clarkson, 11th percentile from a corner three-pointer. That sucks. (laughs) And then Brodden, most of his career, he's been pretty injury-prone. So there's massive pros and cons to all of them. Whatever Leon does, I'm going to be on board because Mm. the worst thing he can do right now is maintain uh, Deuce McBride as a backup playmaker. I love the kid. I just don't think he's ready.
1: And I just want to um just mention something right quick because Fritz just said in the, just said in the chat that the rumor is that Atlanta wants two first round picks and want to include either Capella or hunter, and I'm like if they include Hunter in that deal yeah i'm I'm pulling the trigger Hell I would, yeah I would bring him I would bring in Murray and Hunter e- immediately, yep. okay,
0: but again, Hunter is another one that fixed that lego model, so but with Hunter and with two pieces those that's two pieces though. Now you yeah. get two. You get what I'm saying, like two pieces that plug your hole. That's what the, the trades that I, I don't like. I don't like when you you plug that something that's not a major flaw and create a major one. You know, now you because you, you made the trade, now you made a problem that you didn't have. You know, I don't I don't want that. Like well, OG, it was so it was so smooth because he he plugged such a big flaw of ours that we needed. We needed a long, lengthy defender who was efficient from the three, who gave Brunson. And and into space that could give them that. So yeah, I just don't want. That's why I'm skeptical about trades. Like to 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 fix one minor, you know, one uh, flaw and create a, a bigger one. I, I don't I don't you know I, I'm scared about that part. But if they're gonna give us two pieces, I I take a chance on the Lego man. <laughs>
2: you know, I I, th- I thought about that too, and I agree with you, Ebony. And I love the idea of Cart of Carson and Kelly in it, both coming. Because I think the land could go from me the back of five when Mitch returns to our back of four. He brings playmaking, he brings really solid uh three three-point shooting, and he's a pretty decent finisher. He's got in hands around the basket. And then if we don't broaden, Jeremy Grant, come on down, baby. Let's add both those pieces, man. That's that's championship right there. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, once Grant got, got that
0: contract, I knew it was a wrap for, for us and us <laughs> that, that strip has said it was over. I knew once he got that, that they wasn't, they wasn't dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like him though. He would definitely fit well on this team, I think.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. the thing, the, my thing is if, uh, say, for example, the Knicks do bring in Jeremiah Grant and um, Brogdon, here's my thing though, because that is a lot of salary. So the Knicks are going to have to definitely send out a whole bunch to match that salary. And I, I don't know how a trade would look like with acquiring both Brogdon and Grant. But say, for example, they're able to pull off that trade and just hypothetically hypothetically speaking, they're able to keep Randall. You have OG, then now you have Grant. How are you going to how are you how are you going to manage that? And how is that lineup looking? Because I would think one of those guys have to go to the bench and come yeah. off the bench. And you have Grant who's used to being a starter, OG that's used to being a starter, and Randall who's used to be in a
2: starter. So I don't know how that would work out. You can't make that trade unless Jeremiah Grant says I'm okay with coming off the bench. That's the only way you do it. Send Josh Hart's ass back to Portland. Cool. <laughs> cool with that. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's his three point shot, man. That's what kills me. It's, I like it. bo- yeah,
0: the craziest thing is I don't think he should have been in the Olympics today or this year. Maybe uh focusing more on developing. I know it was it's just a lot. He had a a very 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 busy summer. New dad first-time playoff, first-time Olympian, and it's yeah. showing, I guess, because even, you know, sometimes on the defensive end, he loses uh, some assignments and things of that nature. But uh, I think, again, his impact is shown and appreciated more in the playoffs, um, that type of adrenaline-style player. Yeah, I just want to say something that I, I remember them saying about how we, we – also, we I think Lee had mentioned it too, that we got out-rebounded in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like normally we the one that do that and um, we got out rebounded 16 to 8 in the in the fourth quarter. And um they had went on like a 13-1 run on us in that fourth quarter. We went cold. Like Deuce couldn't hit a shot at the end and nobody else helped out at, at all. Um and there was no no movement and cutting. Like Dante did a a cut when it, the the play had broke down. He 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 did a late cut and got a foul called. Um but he missed the free throw. But that that was that was that was basically it. We had a very stagnant, very super 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 stagnant. So I think we were missing. We was missing the we was missing the captain.
2: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the closer
0: captain.
2: We was missing. Yeah. yeah. And, and if
1: you all um, may actually examine that play too, like after Dante got fouled, you saw him talking to McBride as well, and it looked like McBride messed up somewhere. Yeah on that play, because Dante looked like he was, like, upset and telling McBride, like, pointing on the court, like, he was supposed to do something else that he, you know, that he was supposed to do, rather than what he did, so... Yeah, you see, Hmm? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was saying, like, the fourth court execution was definitely lacking, and, you know, it's gonna take McBride some time to actually, you know, execute the way that, say, for example, quickly executed when he was here with the Knicks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And... I was
1: just about to say it, it was crazy because that happened. I noticed that
0: happened a couple of times with multiple people, uh, the spacing being off. It was a time where where I think it was Dante and OG. They were in the same spot, and Randall kind of drove to where OG was at. So the spacing between OG, Randall, and Dante was off. And I think uh, that's when OG bailed them out and hit that three. It was a tough three. He was contested, but he hit it anyway. And it, they started talking. It was a timeout. Um the Orlando called the timeout if I remember, and then you've seen them telling each other, "My bad, no, that was my bad, that was my bad." And then I seen it again with the as it was Tom, I think it was him and Grimes, the spacing was off. So this is just really an adjustment period because they they they're still learning and picking, trying to pick their spots with their new teammates, and and a lot of times the spacing and, and the sets itself
2: is off because they're not familiar with it just yet. The honeymoon phase yeah over I think yeah. that, it's back to reality now too. And Back to life. Yep. Yeah. In the Mavs game, it hurt us, it hurt us <laughs> significantly. That, that lack of continuity, uh, trying to get those new guys in. And that's even going to worsen when you add DeJounte or Jordan Park or Brogdon. It's going to cause even more deficiencies in regards to their chemistry uh, on the court. Messing up rotations and switching people out. But either way, Matt, this, it's going to be an adjustment period. I think we're going to continue to drop a few games. Going, Houston coming to New York. The way we're playing, if Brunson plays or doesn't play, it doesn't really matter. Like we have to be serious about our defensive commitment and are serious about getting that offensive rebounding back to where it was um, before the Maverick game. Like that is crucial for us to be a team like Houston.
0: Yeah, and we we kept them under 100, so I guess we played good defense, or was it bad shooting? Which that, one
1: was it? it was <laughs> long, 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 long. It was definitely bad shooting, but overall, the Knicks did play good defense. It's just that there was a few possessions in the fourth. Especially, I think the possession that really killed the Knicks was when Orlando had, like, three straight offensive rebounds. Like, it was similar to the one in Dallas where the Knicks were down by one late in the fourth quarter, and Dallas had, like, three straight offensive rebounds that actually knocked him, you know, knocked in the basket. Yeah, I think that possession really killed the Knicks in the fourth quarter. It 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 was just, like, certain possessions where it's, like, that killed the Knicks as opposed to, like, the whole game, the team did played defense. Overall, the team did play great defense throughout.
2: In typical Nets fashion, we actually played, um, Paolo Banchero pretty well. Yeah. I thought, the, I thought for the most part, he, holding up 20 points is, that's a miracle. Cause in my opinion, that kid's a future superstar, uh-huh. like upper top 1% of the game, not at this moment, but he will be. But again, the Cole Anthony, you know, Cole Anthony's gonna come in here and, and have his revenge pops being great. Anthony, a former Nick. He always torches us. This is where he wanted to play here. You know, so, and him and Otiti, another no-namer comes in and just, tor- I'd say, bruh, can we not play a team and some bum off the bench doesn't make a name for himself and get a bag off of us? This happens every year for the history of my fandom. It just, it never stops. They have 44 points come
0: from their bench. I think about 44 points, if I seem correctly. 44 points. Um, Cole Anthony had 10 points in the fourth quarter. And it didn't matter who, who was in front of him. He was lot, lo, floating over I heart, Randall, everybody else was in front of him. He was that float game, he was on point today. He had a nice pull up on I heart. Like Cole Anthony has developed into a nice little offensive uh, player. Yes, he is. Definitely. Yeah, he is.
1: yeah, most definitely. Um. Yeah, the Magic Bench had 49 points, and yeah, I'll for the Knicks 49 to 20. So I just want to. Shout out the chat right quick because I haven't shouted out the chat all show. So, thank you for rocking with us on MLK Day with the Nick of Time show. Alexander, best mod in the game. Fritz Alcindor. Sandman, who gets on our nerves sometimes. Glamour Knicks. Um, <laughs> Choquan, Craig, Dripmore, DeRas, everyone who's rocking with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, I think we covered a lot in the game. Does anybody else want to you know, cover something that we didn't cover yet or want to say any final words on the game or anything like that?
2: I like the roster development from Orlando. I think they've done a really good job drafting the last couple years. Jamal Mose was a very good coach. I think Dallas should have hired him over Jason Kidd when he was Carlisle's assistant. Um, Yeah, and Benchero is a star. Franz Bodner, I think, is going to be a legitimate second option. His brother's pretty good, too. Uh, Mo Vodner off the bench I think once they figure out who their starting point guard is Whether it's uh, Cole Anthony or Jalen Suds Who's become a very good on-ball defender He's pesky. If he can find his three-point shot He could end up being a really solid guard But right now I think they have a lot of good bench pieces For the, the point guard position And not a bona fide starter I thought Suds was going to be that Once they figure that point guard spot out They're going to be very dangerous in the future Yeah, Um. you
0: know we I agree, we didn't lose to to a bad team, you know. Um, this Orlando team kind of reminds me how we were in fourth seed where nobody really thought you would do so well, and they keep waiting for you to fall off, and you're not, and you keep going, and you keep beating good t- teams. Because even though they, were, I think the last five before they beat us, they were on a three-game losing streak, but they were in each and every last one of those games. Kind of how we were. Every time we lost, we didn't. We never got blown out. We were always in the, in the game. Um, they give me the vibes of us that year. Of you know. Uh, they playing defense. They playing together. That ball, it doesn't really stick, and they they give it to everybody. Everybody gets touches. Um, so yeah, they're a young team that that they're, they're good. So I know we lost, and it was disappointing that we lost. And they are missing players. They're definitely missing because uh, one of they they they're missing another defender they have that is a big point guard, and Anthony Black. I absolutely love his game. Me too. I, I, I love his game. So um yeah, and they have Franz. Runs out, so they got weapons. They have multiple weapons, and uh, I mentioned when I, we, like I said, when we had IQ, that, that they have just a, uh, one of the teams that have a deep team just like us, like where their bench can can win some games for you. And uh, we we see that, so I'm not going to get too too just yet. I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. Um, we can't. We need to take it. I want them to take advantage of the stretch though. So we could put some separation between between us and some teams because right now one loss and you in playing. or oh, you know so uh, it's pretty tight in the East. Uh, I just really believe if we if we keep movement and some picks try to help our help our team when we don't have it like we need to implement a plan when we're not hitting three points. You know uh, that needs to be implemented ASAP. What happens when we can't hit shots? When when only one of us can hit shots? What happens? What do you do to help the others? Help that one person? You know. Type Ebony,
2: of thing? I uh, I was commenting on that last game uh, with Ryan before you joined us that's where I think Thibodeau needs to implement more uh, more play calling and also more dribble handoffs and cuts. We're at the bottom of the lead in both dribble handoffs and cuts. We have increased our pace and our transition points, and we've decreased our isolation. But having more dribble handoff opportunities for Hartenstein, and u- utilizing mm-hmm. passing, and more cutting the DiVincenzos and Grimes of the world, I think would help us to add at least 8 to 10 points a game with those yes. with adding that simple action to the offense. And then also Anthony Blatt, I won 100 bucks off my dad. We watched him. <laughs> the high school basketball championships every year, the UIL here in Texas has been going since 2004. And I've seen so many great players run through that. Marcus Smart, Lamar Solgerts, Chris Bosch. But Anthony Black was part of a Duncanville team. They won three state championships, I believe. Ended up being stripped away because of academic ineligibility inel- in- in- and a very controversial move. But watching Black, my dad was like, this kid sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm my dad, <laughs> I bet you $100 right now this kid is a, is a lottery pick. Sure enough, pit seventh by the Orlando Magic. My dad had to mow me a nice crisp $100. Anthony Black getting you the bag (laughs) He sits Seven, 200 pounds, can pass Can handle the ball The only thing he's worked on is being able to to be a motion Shooter, once he learns that It's unstoppable Me too Good defender too
1: Definitely, definitely And I do want to shout out One player on the Magic because He played excellent defense Jonathan Isaac He he played some Crazy defense. Yes, she did.
0: Yeah, I gotta give him. I, I gotta give him credit, even though I probably my ancestors probably won't like that.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> got, I gotta
0: give him credit.
1: You yeah, definitely got on MLK Day. I was like yeah, hey, on MLK Day, right? Like,
0: <laughs> y'all set
2: me up. You know. I- <laughs> He he can believe whatever he wants to believe. I think being mad it personally is at this point in time is pretty idiotic. But it, to me, what really irked me is that he wrote a book Why I Stand <laughs> while everyone is trying to raise awareness of how police brutality and police murders have been on the rise, and he had the audacity to put that book out at that time. It's like, bro, don't you realize you're just a plant, yeah. like being used and manipulated by these Republican lobbyists, bro? Like, come on.
0: I don't care. He played good defense. Now he he abrupt pick of the day. That's my big pick. <laughs> Because y'all reminded me of the whole
2: situation. So now I got a pick. There you go. Thank you, Lee. I feel like uh he was more of a stop Perry. I stopped Perry really wanted him. I feel like the rumors were hotter when Stop Perry was still our GM. And once he left, they started going down a little bit about us being interested in him. I feel like that was just an Orlando Perry connection. Yeah. Nah, but he did
0: play good some some good defense. Uh yeah. I have to say that I, I almost I almost wanted
2: to like him. So. He's huge. Pause. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> most he
1: definitely. Is. Most definitely. So I'm gonna shout out the chat right quick. Right quick again. Thank you for being with us today on MLK Day. Shout out Coach Cr Six One Seven, Alexander De Ross, John Baines, everybody else who's with us in the chat. Fritz, the best mod in the game. Everyone else rocking with us. We appreciate it. So before I get to the broad picks, does anyone else have any other thoughts on the game? Mm-mm.
0: Uh, oh yeah, one one quick because I, I remember Lee. I didn't want to cut him off. Um, just about the 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 playmaking calls. Like you know how many times I have asked just to run like a simple double pick off off ball for your, your shooters. You could do it for Dante. It don't got to be Grimes. It could be Dante. Sure, you could do it with, with Brunson just to see what happens. Something. So we don't always, always, always have to depend on the dribble, dribble penetration to to make something happen. Um, yeah, that's 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 all, that's all I have. We can get to, to broad picks. That I just is think true. we make it hard on each on ourselves.
1: That is true. I agree. I agree. So I'm gonna get to the broad picks. Uh, anyone who is not familiar with the broad picks, broad picks are basically embarrassing moments that happen, whether it's in sports, basketball, football, or just life in general, that is what the bruh picks is about. So, does anyone have any bruh picks for today?
0: Yeah, I, I said I was that serious. I'm, I'm Jonathan Isaac for that craziness. <laughs> and then I'm about to give myself bruh pick for giving him credit on Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wowed out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. The ancestors did not fight for our rights. To give johnson Isaac credit
2: on MLK Day.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I it
2: <laughs> Um, I'm gonna give an ooh pit to the Minnesota Timberwolves for finally figuring out how to implement Rudy Gobert into their system as a five and play Nets a cat. And I think putting defenders like Kyle Anderson, uh, Jay McDaniels, Nas Reed, uh, Nickel Alexander Walker, like those guys, I think Gobert and Utah always had cleanup so much when people were blown by Bojan or blown by Ingles. Um, and now he's got some top 10 defenders alongside them. That unit is looking really difficult. I think they're top three in opponent field goal percentage and attempts uh, in the restricted area. So Dolbear is back to being his defensive player of the year self. I think mean, he's got a real case to win again this year with uh, Minnesota being the number one defense in the NBA. And props to Chris Finch for finally being a very creative, brilliant coach in that Minnesota system. They haven't had a really good, co- good coach since prime Flip Saunders. And he, Finch, looks like it, his ability to implement Gobert and reverse everyone's perception on how that trade first looked when it went down, going against how the NBA is trending. Now they have a defensive juggernaut over there, and they're doing really well. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, big up what they're doing in Minnesota at the moment. Oh, and my brother pick is also – Uh, <laughs> I just mentioned him. Joe Ingall is my brother pick. I saw Joe Ingalls today. He only played five minutes. He must have got real worn out. My dad looks like Paul <laughs> Blart. My, my dad. He does not look good. I'm like, what were you doing during rehab? I guess the buffet line was open. Uh, this is some Australian restaurants so down there in Orlando because my man's been eating. Like, he did, he looked out of shape. He looked slow. He was getting killed off a dribble. And I actually thought Joe Ingles was like, damn, you got a championship piece over here as your vet. And hey, man, from one big guy to another big guy, Joe Ingles, lay off the coffee and donuts, my guy. Just lay off it a little bit because Orlando's going to need you in the playoffs, and you can't be – you know. Uh, a, a DMP. They don't need you to do that first round. Facts, facts. Joe Ingalls, cut the sugar in your diet. All right, B? Cut the sugar
1: <laughs> in your
0: diet. <laughs> somebody, somebody. Uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Alexander has a question for Lee. I see in the chat. I just looked down. It says, How is Jordan Poole's defense? Genuinely asking because I don't watch the Jazz or whatever. Oh, I, I guess he meant Jordan, uh, not Poole, uh, Clarkson.
2: Jordan Parks is a traffic cone yeah. on his. He's been asked in yeah. entire career. And as he's aged, uh, he's put less and less effort into that side of the ball. He was one of the number one culprits of bad recovery off on the three-point line during the and Mitchell years in Utah. He was maybe the worst defender uh, per, per 36 on that team. So it, it's a huge gamble bringing him into the Nits. I understand that. I'm just hoping that we're also able to bring out Kelly Olenek and also have OG there to recover some of his deficiencies.
0: Yeah. Uh Glenn, when Nick said, Joe
2: Ingles off the Pringles. Glamour <laughs> <laughs> Knicks. I love Glamour Knicks, man. Hey, I had a blast with you, buddy, in Dallas. I hope we, ha- we hang out soon again. Yeah. Joe,
0: Joe Ingles off
2: the oh, Pringles. Sure. I like that. Were, my, my man eating too much chips <laughs>
1: out there in Orlando. Lay <laughs> off the chips, man. I gotta lay off the chips. <laughs> Joe Ingles, man. If, if All it, right. It, it's so right. my bro pick. It's a double bro pick, actually. Rudy Gobert and Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. interesting. They they had a game recently, and my guy, Russell Westbrook, guys, you know, that's my favorite play in the NBA. So, you know, if I have him as a broad pick, he really did something really embarrassing. So, first and foremost, I like how Russell Westbrook interacts with the fans. So, Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert was taking two free throws. He airballed the first free throw. This, this is why Rudy Gobert is getting the broad. He airballed the first free throw Westbrook was talking to one of the fans that was, like, right by him. And he told the fans, tape it. Tape it. Tell me what, tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. And he was looking away. And just so it happened, Rudy Gobert airballed the second free throw as well. And they were wild on the bench. That he, he'd say that he airballed to it. It were making fun of Gobert on the Clippers bench and everything. Just for later in the game, when the Clippers were down by four, Westbrook had a wide open lane to, to the basket for a layup. Where if he got in the basket, they would have been able to probably get a foul, get another chance to win the game. My man blows an old wide open layup. and <laughs> wolves win the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. The irony. That's funny. Yeah. That's
0: calm, I guess. Irony, whatever. Yeah, um, it was Fritz. It was Fritz who said Joe Ingles with the Pringles. My bad, Fritz. I yeah. was listening <laughs> I gotta get glasses. It's fact. That's fact.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Joe Ingles with the prayer. I like
0: that though. It needs to be a shirt now.
1: Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> and that is our show. We're gonna drop the social media before we go. So, Lee, where can they find you on social media?
2: At underscore leescobedo, L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O, or search in in the search bar, hashtag bum. You'll probably see me arguing with a math fan. And today's book club, Amatora. Uh, As you know, I'm a very – some people would say snazzy. Others would say loud. Uh, A very small minority would say obnoxious dresser. I love fashion. And this is a book about how the Japan and the Japanese uh, fashion industry has saved the American economy multiple times by kind of reproducing the American look, which is what amator stands for. It's kind of like a, a colloquial term in Japan about an like, American style. And multiple times when America has been usually uh, pre-war or post-war when the economy is in flux, Japan will come in and assist by taking their style and making it global or worldwide and really popularizing the way that American people dress. Uh, really interesting. It also talks about the history of Japanese denim, which was dense, and I had no idea about. I've learned a lot from in this book, it's and it's, it's a book that outside of what I usually read, which was uh, another reason why I wanted to jump on it too. And also, they popularized the Oxford button-down, which was starred in Japan culture, mimicking American style. So it's been really interesting. Uh, finish this, this morning with my coffee. Very fascinating read. Again, the KLT show is the only show <laughs> on these next YouTube
1: streets where you can where we talk Nick's basketball and have book recommendations in Lee's book club.
2: All facts. And and Ebony's as well. Yeah, I got I just
1: this is this is my the book I'm reading by Robin Lee. It's just
0: the basics of the design book. I thought it was cool. I told you I read a lot of self help books. So.
2: is that like graphic design?
0: Yeah it's just okay. in like in general like you know um the the uh the the basically the root of basics, the fundamentals. Righteous. Yeah,
2: it's pretty good. Break
0: it down so 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 even the kindergarten understand
2: it. So you can start seeing it when you're out out and about in public. Yeah, definitely. The different intentions. Yeah. You
0: you can see what what which which route and things like their blueprint. You can see it yeah. when just walking by. You you understand it more.
1: <clears throat> That's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. And Ebony, where can they find you on social media?
0: You can find me at Fan on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me here every post game and on, on Twitter every pregame and on space called Your Take Nicks. And coming back soon, back on VSN, it'll be PP, PPF, which is p- present, past, and future. So you can catch me there too. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about, about that too.
1: Kay. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. You can find me on Twitter at Sergi, I mean at Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at sergi Is Chilling. sergi is chilling. C H I L L I N. And that is our show. Um, thank you for rocking with us on MLK Day. Again, the Knicks had a bad loss, 98-94. Um Six they had to lead six minutes. Six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Blew it towards the end. We need another facilitator. Leon Rose to get on that phone and find us somebody for a good price. And that David is not- <laughs> David M trying to
0: trade trying to trade Rando. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> well, I'll say this. Um, he shares sentiment with half the Knicks fan base. I'm not on that right now, so it is what it is. That is our show. And as always, shout out to World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. We out. Peace.